0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Best fucking claps I've ever heard in my life. I know. We are talented. I can never... Clappers. I can never hear your claps because of my... I
1: can't can't hear yours either because of the dampening (laughs) thing. So, it's... You know, we could like, what if you know how there are those some people in life that have like a really weird voice or like there's this guy I work with the other day. We all went to lunch. Every time he took a bite of something, he went, "Mm." and I was like, oh, no, that's too much. So (laughs) I'm going to sit at this other table. Um, like, there are those few things. What if we clapped and it had like a weird sound? Like, what if it had a squishy sound? It was like, Mm. (laughs) hmm. like it was just gross and super moist also maybe we could do that just around I mean, the
0: listeners would never get that part so it doesn't yeah matter. we wouldn't it would have just to worry be, about it
1: uh, there would just be a little treat for you really <laughs> <laughs> just a perfect little treat you know having a bad yeah, day like, i'm gonna oh. listen to these moist claps <laughs> moist claps sounds like a great band name <laughs> You fucking got... It. That sounds like an innuendo, but we'll just move past that. Dude, in the Elder Scrolls Online, I hadn't realized how many of the Argonians refer to thing as moist. They're like, may your scales be moist. And I'm like, never have I heard an Argonian in the Elder Scrolls <laughs> games ever say that fucking shit. They're all just like, what's well, up, Fucking you, fucking you, Dragon Ball? You just get
0: sweet-ass dragons? You guys are like... I like them moist. And you're like, right, fucking... Get out oh, of here. Some some people
1: like it moist, you know what I'm saying? Some some people like them moisty boys. It's it's whatever, dude. And some people hate it. Uh, yeah. Some people Some people are trying it. to like kill themselves right now. They're like not even in the car. I'm sure, yeah. They've decided they didn't want to destroy the car. They're going to leave that for their loved ones. So they just like stopped on the side of the road and just like dove
0: into traffic.
1: They were like, "Let's fucking well, go." <laughs> you know. All mm.
0: because of the moisty boys. At least they were consider a bit. Whoa. Consider What word bit? was that? <laughs> consider a bit. Well, it was a bit considerate, Fucking but not very. Big Josh boy so, you know what? the word, finally. I'm going to I'm gonna save myself. I'm making up a new word. It was consider a bit, because it was a bit considerate, <laughs> but still inconsiderate. I, like,
1: I love how you couldn't, like, you could definitely have just passed that off as that is what you meant, and I never would have yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, like, for sure, you're. Like, I'm like, that's a legit word. Like, yeah, press. you could have got me right now. there.
1: I would have been like, I don't have a thesaurus, bro. Like, that's probably a word, and I would I got never know. It's considerable, dude. It's the possible. Yeah, you know. All right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So big, Josh boy. I've. Uh, I'm gonna start this with the content warning because oh. I just want people to know I'm gonna talk about something weird. If you're in a car with your family. Maybe, maybe just skip forward like 10 minutes. Turn the volume up. You know, turn the volume you know what? up. Do you have a small in? child next to you. I'm trying to change minds. I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to change hearts and minds here. And we need the next generation to really get this ball rolling because it's, it's too far gone in our own. But, you know, the next generation. So I want to talk That's true. to you about a little thing called Me? incest. Big Josh boy. Oh, God, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this at all
0: here's the thing what? why do you do this can we not <laughs> what's wrong with you here's the thing so i was
1: talking to chase about this today like we're going to lunch and i forget how exactly we got on the topic but i was just like i stopped and i was like bro like i don't have a problem with it i don't have this like oh, stop. big issue stop. Stop. with it stop not saying-
0: stop stop, stop. <laughs> We need to make up a rule on this show where when you bring up a certain topic, because it's never gonna be me. It's like but when you bring up a certain thing. topic, it's a very like I get to like hard pass something and <laughs> be like nope new topic move on one
1: time in episode there's like big josh boy just gets to be like nope this skip that one
0: let's see it was like this is this is not for me oh my gosh
1: yeah. okay we'll move on big josh boy not not a fan of the, the the brother cousins you know what i mean not not a fan of the brother girlfriends it's cool it's cool everybody's related everybody <laughs> needs to get over it just don't have kids like that's my deal if you're endangering someone else's life, if they're possibly going to be born with organs on the outside of their skin, like that's fucked up. But like, if, if you want to deep dick your sister, I got no problems. But we'll move on. <laughs> what did I tell you about this? I said hard pass. <laughs> oh my god, this guy. That's what I told people. Oh There's uh big Josh was the only one apparently who can't just skip forward ten minutes. <laughs> no, I, I'm stuck here.
0: <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, my gosh. If you want to have a solo podcast for a bit to get your uh the hard topics out, I'll uh, I'll go walk over there for a little. Bit yeah,
1: maybe there for a considerable. Maybe
0: there needs to be like this, this
1: IndiePod after dark, the IndiePod uncensored. And it's just it's never Josh. It's just me talking to myself. <laughs> and I'm like. Guys, I've been thinking about some weird shit today. Like, <laughs>
0: get into this. Let's unwrap is, the onion that is yeah. the dumb shit I think about. All right. We finally found we finally found the $10 tier for patrons. Uh, yeah? I
1: guarantee you
0: at least and Phil did- for pay would pay for that. He has forgiven me for
1: Sable. He's willing to let hypothetically my moist mouth touch his moist mouth. So I think that they would yeah. I also Phil's what? already paying for that shit.
0: So like, I know we don't even have yeah, a tear Phil's, and Phil's going crazy. Phil's uh Phil knows. Yeah. he's like, one day they're going to make that after dark special. <laughs> one day, Josh is going to refuse to speak about certain things on the podcast. <laughs> he he
1: sees <laughs> it in your eyes. He's like, he's not, he's not a fan of this one. He'll talk about poop all day, but the second brother cousins come up, he's like, nah, I'm not a fan. That, Let's not yeah, play that game. You, <laughs> that, that's i don't know that's a that's a bit too far is that a bit too close that's a bit to too home too far, big
0: joshua that's a bit too <laughs> well you know you know me i don't know i'm the one who um, lives in fucking idaho dude like it's true. my parents yeah. are cousins. Well, that's why you're talking about it right yeah that's like a constant thing i'm
1: trying i told you trying to change hearts and minds you know trying to, uh, gotcha, trying gotcha. to tra- change it for a generation open up whole new door of possibilities but this podcast is about indie games hello and welcome are we sure about to, that i mean not at this point yeah, it's not anymore. Nah, not at it's, all. for not a at long all. time,
0: we, it has no longer been about indie games. We should just rename. We should rebrand again. We're no longer we were Incursion Podcast, Indie Incursion. Now we're Indie Pod. We should just be Indie Poop. Ah, that's a good one. I mean, because that's at least the one thing that I know
1: that you will talk about. Like you've talked, you've I mean, gone through enough of that conversation, and and you literally couldn't handle like two minutes of of.
0: Here's <laughs> the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. Here's the thing i could handle the conversation <laughs> but i'm literally being recorded <laughs> <laughs> in this context and there are so many times where i and i've talked about this before where i begrudgingly i'm like yeah i do a podcast it's called indie pod we talk about indie games and then people and i've never heard anyone get back to me and i'm pretty sure because they watch it spend five minutes being like these motherfuckers talking about incest i don't want to watch this shit yeah that that right. was one thing i thought about when i was like i i thought initially
1: like right before we recorded i was like you know what my content warning not only gonna include families but families of the people on this podcast possibly co-workers <laughs> anyone who may know josh in person not me i don't care i'll talk about this shit like i have no problems this has nothing to like, do with the anonymity of the internet you could see my face
0: i'll talk about this shit right to your face bro but like whatever yeah this i mean i granted i don't think i would have said anything that people were like wow i can't believe josh isn't into incest like I, I can't believe he's not an incest apologist this is crazy I, yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying it's, it's whatever dude i i hear you buddy i hear you yeah i, I mean i get it each, let's move on <laughs> to each their own how about some uh, video games Hello and
1: welcome to Indie Pod and Indie Games Podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we are bringing you two awesome indie game news stories. Before, of course, we hop in to news cram. We got we got a whole bunch of new stuff for you guys. So much new stuff. We've got God bless the crowd. We're going to hop over to Kickstarter talk about an action pla- uh, action-packed sword-swinging roguelike. It actually seems kind of interesting. I'm I'm a little bit into it. I don't know. All right, all right. I, I just dropped like I think between 50 and 20, 50 15 and $20 on a Kickstarter like two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. So I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this one again. Like maybe this one's a little bit good. out there, but maybe not. I don't know. And of course, we are going to answer some of our listener questions. But before we get into that, I would like to introduce myself. Von Hyde alongside my illustrious co-host the biggest of average Josh boys how you doing today big Josh boy doing a lot better before that first segment oh yeah I bet dude you're just like, you're You're finally broken down. I've After three was, years, you're like, it's too much. Enough is enough. It's too
0: much. Hard pass. I
1: need, um, yeah, you need to have like a yellow card or something where you could just be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do that flag on the play thing or whatever that like cu- uh, fucking referees do. Just start hucking fucking shit at your screen. Sure, you might break it, but that's just, that's a risk I'm willing to what? take.
0: I, I see that. <laughs> I see that. Um, no, I'm doing good though. I'm ready to talk about some games. Because that's what we talk about on this podcast. I'm actually
1: really excited to talk to you about one of the games you've been playing. So let's just hop right in to our housekeeping. Uh, We've got a new developer interview going up. Of course, each and every Wednesday, we have them. This week on November the 24th, uh, Big Josh Boy sat down with Chad and Curtis of BitRot to talk about their upcoming game, Recursive Ruin. That was was pretty Mm -hmm. interesting. Once again, that's Recursive Ruin, Mm -hmm. the devs of that game, uh, coming on on November 24th, uh, August. Uh, fucking yep, what am I? Yep. Did I just say August? November 24th and say August?
0: I meant to say yeah, Wednesday, yeah. but for some reason I was like August. Uh, August, the uh the month of Wednesdays as they say. Yeah. It's I've heard it once before. Whole month full of Wednesdays. Whole just a gigantic Wednesday month. It's
1: you know, yes. it's I mean there were a few it's, things it's, that changed during month. like 2012. Everyone thought the world was going to end, but actually August just turned into all Wednesdays. So mm. little known fact is the more, you know, you get there it. You, you go. get it. Uh, please check out the IndiePod store over on Teespring. We have some dope hoodies. We're here for people. They get in their hoodies. They enjoy them. Of course, Zach, the cute boy. I liked it. Got, it was good. Got that dope ass hoodie. Uh, and please head over to YouTube where you can, you know, just you could subscribe. You could like, you can see big Josh boys, just complete refusal. To speak to me.
0: Yeah. She <laughs> yeah, sure can. My uh, my disgust. Yeah. You're, uh, of every topic brought up on this show. Your
1: face turned from what I'd say is like, I, I feel like in the beginning of the episode, there is a little bit of excitement. Like, oh, maybe we won't talk about something stupid today. And then just abject horror. The second I bring up any topic, especially in that yeah. first little bit, the opening, I feel like that's what big Josh boy dreads.
0: He's like, that's, no you know it's it is a gamble you don't know what you're gonna get you, <laughs> yeah it's, it's something it's a new. box it of chocolates always keeps too. me on my toes okay something like that yeah. Right. yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's, except this time the cream filling was not one i was looking for
1: <laughs> oh my god all right so please leave us reviews on any site in which you could do so specifically itunes helps us out a lot and last but absolutely not least we have to thank all of our three dollars here patrons and higher of course if you give us any amount of money or any amount of your time we absolutely love you and we appreciate you you are fantastic but i made that blood pact i gotta i gotta, gotta do the name it. To three dollars here and higher you know it's is what we yeah. gotta do so thank you so much to ethan a gamer for fun john <laughs> it's just john bro whatever just it's just that's his legal name just john you know like the biggest travis josh boys he legally had to change it this is just john i'm sorry bro we'll talk about that we're just i'm i'm not only am i changing people's hearts and minds about that just about their names in general uh we'll see zach durham chase hopkins philip french the one better of australia juno and sam fillion from canada thank you all so much you were also amazing and Big Josh boy, you have been playing a slew of indie games this week, of course, just really holding, you're, you're holding
0: down the fort. Big Josh boy, I'm always trying playing to, indie yeah, games. Yeah, dude. It's what I do. It's what, you know, as a person on an indie games podcast, You'd think, you yeah. would assume <laughs> that the hosts would always be playing indie games. Yeah. Well. If you're talking about me, you'd be right. Uh, you, not so much, but that's okay. You know what? We'll, I, we'll let that pass. I bring you know the like random you bring, conversation, you know? I bring yeah, them yeah, little yeah, yeah, bits yeah, yeah. of knowledge, like the Wednesdays that people just didn't the know Wednesdays. about. Wednesdays. That's true. No one knew about August. <laughs> Wednesday, August, you know? That's a that's a big revelation. I had to inform the world. It's, it's true.
1: My, it's my so duty I am here. as a podcast host. But Big Josh Boy, you're playing more Gunfire aboard. Now tell me. Gunfire Reborn. Is there a Where turtle in this fucking game? Because I'm about to bro, shoot my pants. There is snapping turtle. Ooh, I saw pictures of it the other day. I was like, "Is that a turtle with goggles mm-hmm. and a spear? What is this?" Yeah. Big Josh boy sure has is. yet to
0: tell me about this fucking turtle. His shirt. dude. He a turtle just came out part of the 1.0 release this game is officially live all these times that i've been talking gunfire how good it is how great this game is all you could get it for such a uh, 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 such a low price like good value lots of content It's still in early access we're at 1.0 now baby this is fully live now it is now you can shit on it if you want um, <laughs> now
1: now you can't say it's an early access you can't do that yeah, anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. now it's like if the game sucks it sucks
0: like sorry it sucks. sorry no sorry but here's the, but here's the thing it doesn't suck it's really good what they did was uh they added some new guns some new uh balances and new scrolls which scrolls are like the power-ups that you get they added a fully new character which is this snapping uh snap turtle snapping turtle uh who is so cool his his uh ability scheme is basically being kind of like a tank who runs up and just punches people noise and so his whole idea is he has this Kind of tidal wave move where he he puts up a shield and anything in front of him he's like impervious to whereas things behind him can obviously hit him but he then has the ability to shift which is your dash And you will bump into people and then be able to use your ability of punching someone rather than like other characters get a grenade. And so you are just this giant tank that is constantly just punching people right in their fucking face. And you, oh man, I had this run where I was just, I did so much damn damage. And all I did was just dash back and forth and just punch over and over. I was like barely using my gun. I was just smacking them every which way. And it was great. The way that it works is anytime you move a certain amount of distance, it like gives you extra damage to your punches. So the idea is to constantly be moving around as fast as you can to a point where I I literally had no idea what was happening half the time. I was just like, I'm moving everywhere and punching. It's all I could do. Yeah. But it was great. Okay. Super fun character. Uh, they've added a final uh, world into it. So an extra stage after what was the final boss before. Um, and now they have this new crazy impressive boss there are some already some some changes that they're doing now based on player feedback and some things that people thought that the the new end boss was kind of unfair because it was like a dps check where if you didn't do enough damage to a certain thing uh at at a point where he's like i'm charging this thing up you would just die it would be like an instant kill and it's kind of kind of shitty kind of shitty because you could spend a long time in this game getting to that point and then to just be like well sucks or suck, I'll bitch. just do it all <laughs> over again so they're changing some things to it but i i didn't have that problem because i was i was punching too hard you know what i'm saying um dude big josh, josh boy is- always like beating the shit out of people when we
1: played you slapping the shit out of people <laughs> now you're punching people
0: i'm punching people baby big josh That's Boy's I a do. violent
1: boy you know
0: I know, it's because I got to get out all my anger that I get from this this uh, podcast. Yeah. from sitting here having to listen to all these dumb topics and I'm like, <laughs> I got to punch something now.
1: You're going to get that E you know? for everyone tattoo across your knuckles? You're like, these hands fucking, they flying, bro.
0: <laughs> no, I'm going to get V for Vaughn.
1: Um, woo, you got my fucking name tattooed on your body. I'll kiss you. That's what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you think it's an insult, but you getting a... You know? Maybe that's what I want. But that's, I mean, look, I've talked a lot about gunfire. I'm not going to go into any more of it, but there's new character. There is new, I don't know why I started with new character. (laughs) There is a new character, new guns, new bosses, new enemies, new worlds. Like, it's good stuff in here. You got to check it out. If you like anything about gunfire before, get back into it. If you've never heard about gunfire, you're not listening to this podcast. So I don't know why you would listen today, but if you did, then great. Go play gunfire. All right. On to the next one. Let's talk about another game that I've been talking about before, which is Crown Trick. That is by Next Studios. Crown Trick, if you remember, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I played it on Xbox a few weeks back and I was like, this game is pretty fun. It's a nice little turn-based roguelike where you've got a number of different spells and weapons and every time you move, characters on the board move as well. So it's just based on like a roguelike where it's more thinky than just mechanically like can i be fast enough to kill the enemies um which has its pros and cons obviously but if you're more into that style of gameplay i definitely recommend this the only reason i'm bringing this up is because they fixed that thing that uh just crashed my uh my game and now i can play again (laughs) so if anyone had that issue or experienced that or thought to themselves i'm not going to pick up crown trick because it breaks xboxes don't you worry that shit's gone i do love that you you're like i'm
1: talking about this game today because you can actually play it
0: <laughs> dude it's a good like look there would be all these people who who are like waiting dying to play crown Chick, but they're like this big <laughs> josh boy he told me i can't play it there's just this severe wait. barrier to entry that, like i just can't <laughs> i can't <laughs> I can't get past it, and they and the the masses are are hundreds of listeners, as you say, that's are a lot, waiting, bro. waiting to play Crown Trick. They're like, God, if only I could play, but Big Josh Boy hasn't said anything yet. So I got to be the bearer of good news and let you know it's time to play Crown Trick.
1: Ooh. lastly, Big Josh Boy, you've also been playing XO One by Expletive. I, I'm
0: assuming that's how that's meant to be said. I have no idea. Yeah i i assume as well uh this is the game that that i'm actually going to explain and uh kind of have a little bit more serious talk about of what this game is uh although at the same time this game's fucking weird (laughs) x01 is a game that just came out we did get a code for this but it also came on game pass so i just played it there anyway thank you for the code of course um but it's if you watch the trailer you literally just look like a flying frisbee through random planets. And you know what? That's what it is. It is, uh, I would describe it as somewhat of an open world. It's like you go to different worlds and it's very open map. Like you're just on these giant planets. And the whole idea is that you're as this, you're technically a ball, but the way it works is you have the ability to have a gravitational pull. Thrust it upon you so that you like roll down a hill and then as you come up you'll kind of like you have like lighter um just weight to you so then you can kind of float and then you'll press a button that will like flatten you out and then i'll let you glide and then you also get a double jump for some reason um (laughs) but the whole point is you float up into an area because eventually you'll you'll lose the ability to to glide at a certain point and then you start falling and so the way to get that momentum back is you have to pull gravitational pull back onto you using that button like fall towards the ground and then immediately pick yourself back up and glide and so like kind of ramp yourself up so you have to use the ability of just like using momentum to get you to places and you try to go into giant like storm clouds which will then thrust you up into the air So you're basically like floating. You're not really flying, but you're like floating fast in ways. And the whole purpose of this game is just to explore these planets and to like throw yourself as fast as you can from one side of the planet to another. There is little to no explanation to anything that is happening in the game, but you are apparently this weird like extraterrestrial spaceship type of shuttle and there was this crash landing of of astronauts in Jupiter and so you'll be like flying it's like a horror game in a slight way where you'll be flying through these these uh clouds and all of a sudden it'll like flash a picture of the the crew members from Jupiter and you're like oh what the fuck is that like why am i getting this it's very strange i like i didn't get i played probably like eight planets or so i didn't finish all of them um but a lot of it is really just exploring these different areas these different planets and uh trying to fly around them and just experiencing like i i think it's a great one to pick up and just experience um but i also have trouble recommending this to a lot of people because i don't know that this will really fit many people's uh interests when you think of like oh it's hard to say because it's it's more of an experience than a game like it's kind of like your your whole conversation that we had, I think, uh either on our, our special episode or possibly last week, when you were like a game doesn't always have to be fun, right? Yeah, that was it can from sometimes our club. just be yeah. Yeah, yeah. it could sometimes be, you know, a good story or an experience or a piece of art. Whereas this I feel like is fun, but it like kind of overstays its welcome. Where I think it's super fun when you first learn how to fly and you're like flying through the air and going through all these crazy checkpoints. But I feel like the planets are so big that it just feels very empty at times. And it's just, I can see something in the distance and I'm like, oh, I wanna go there. And then it's like, okay, five minutes. And I'm like, okay, now I'm there. And it's like a big like beam of light and I pick it up and it's like, you can glide longer. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go to someone else and try to fly. And like, it's really <laughs> cool when you get these crazy amounts of speed and like the color of the screen is changing based on you breaking the sound barrier. And there's a number of like achievements for keeping that uh, that speed through uh, a certain amount of seconds for each level. It's a lot of fun when you're doing those moments, but I feel like if they had compacted it a little bit better and made it so there was more of that flying uh, like ability and more of those clouds around, it would have been a lot more of the experience that you get from the trailer versus a lot more of like struggling to figure out how to fly at first and then rolling around stupidly on a planet for way too long and then finally figuring out how to fly, but then being like, all right, but where do I fucking go? And like, so there's there's a lot to love about this game and a lot to hate at the same time. I struggle recommending this. I think that if anything about this of like the flying aspect or the, you know, the interesting weird backstory to it sounds like it might be in your wheelhouse, check it out. Um, it is a Game Pass game. So there's always the idea of just, just download it because it's Game Pass, why not? But if you don't have Game Pass, Um, it is 1529 right now on steam, which I think is still reasonable. But if any of that didn't sound like, you know, your kind of thing of like that more open world type thing, but without like a ton to do, um, might not be for you.
1: You know what this reminds me of is like, let me take you back. Okay. Big Josh boy. I'm, I'm chilling there. I'm I'm supposed to be doing my schoolwork, but instead I'm on that fucking, I'm supposed to be doing some sort of research paper. Instead, I'm on that library computer. I'm playing cool math games. Okay. And there's this one game (sighs) specifically where you play a triangle that is just trying to dodge a bunch of squares. You know, like it looks like a spaceship, but in reality, you're just getting out of the square's way. And there's literally no goal in sight. You just keep going forever. Like you don't you just get further. That's what this shit reminds me of. Where it's just like trying to do it for as long as humanly possible and seeing how far you can get and how fast you can go. It looks legitimately dope. Like I imagine, like you said, it'll probably get old eventually. But yeah. currently while watching you just plummet to the earth, go through these, I guess it's not even the earth it's this weird alien
0: planet, no, but you, yeah, you There's planets like around Jupiter or something like that.
1: Yeah. You like plummet down and then go in this weird crescent shape. And then fucking Tony Hawk up into the sky. Like it's awesome yeah. and weird. I really, I dig it. This game looks cool. Yeah. Like, but I could see why you couldn't recommend it to everyone. Cause you're like, I mean, you want to fucking drift around for three
0: hours like that's the pitch of this game. Like that's (laughs) that's the thing is it's really fun for that first like two, three hours. And that's how I experienced it. But there's a level of, okay, these maps are too big. I like the purpose is to go from planet to planet. So you're trying to find these little power ups that make you better as far as like lighting and your power, like speed, as well as going to these giant blue beams in the sky that just fling you out of the universe and uh propel you but at a point you're like you keep getting that and you're like okay i understand the point now of what i have to do and then it becomes more of a chore because you're just like all right i gotta fly to that place and it takes you like forever to get there because the the worlds are big like they're really big to to fly through there are some areas that were really cool like they they would have uh just changes in like the way the game was played where there was one planet that you got flung on and you were kind of like stuck on an asteroid and you had to use you know the physics of that gravitational pull from that planet to fling you away and like closer to a sun of a of that planet and like that was very different just because you were in space so you were constantly in this floating state uh but there's not enough of those you know palate cleansers between another planet where it's just like fly for a long time and like granted you know your excitement is is definitely the first like that's one of the things that i was just like enamored because i was like oh this is so cool i get to fucking fly i could do like and the minute you feel like really get it and like understand because at first you're like this is like weird like it didn't make sense to me i was like i don't know how i'm supposed to fly and then i understood like okay hit the clouds okay now that i'm in the clouds i get to like do the whoosh whoosh move and then it all clicked and i was like i was having fun but it is at a certain point you're like, okay, fuck it. I get it. Yeah, but she right, just enough. gets like, repetitive. Like you're like, Yeah. The
1: the sheen has just worn off. I'm I'm kinda done And this point. Okay. All yeah. right, I'll have to check it out. The game looks legitimately cool and it's on Game Pass. So <laughs> oh. That's pretty sweet. There you go. Uh, of course. There you go. Me as Big Josh boy said, he's just carrying the fucking team. I have not really been playing any indie games this week. I downloaded Crosscode. I'm going to get into that. Such for, a good game. Yeah, I'm going to get into that for that East Kai guy, my East Kai channel, of course after I make
0: you know, my solo leveling video. I've been binging that fucking <laughs> Manwa. It's dope. What's up? You know what blows my mind is that you haven't played this game before. Oh, I, have. I have talked to you about this game. You uh, have. I've,
1: I, I played it a little bit. I have not beaten it, mm. and I haven't like really gotten into the nitty gritty. I tried. The story it. is so good. I started to get into it. I believe. Uh, Because of our like indie game of the year and so many people Um, were talking about it that I purchased it and but because of like the time crunch I just wasn't able to play like a shitload of it it, instead I was like I have to fucking play like eight games dude this is insane but now I'm like you know what. If I can make content out of it, I feel like I will finally play this fucking game. Of course, IndiePod is so one way to too. do it. But also, I plan on making it that East Kai Guy video about it. So, I think it'll be fun. Just East Kai games in general, I think they're really interesting. But CrossCode, I'm into. Because, like, hey, bro, you want to play an MMO but not actually play it? That's literally yeah, it's, what I do. It's perfect for you. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm pretty into it, so I downloaded that. I'm planning on getting into it. Otherwise, I've just been reading solo leveling. That's about it. You want to dope-ass power fantasy? Fucking read solo leveling. Admittedly, I do believe the light novel is better, and you can get that in an audiobook on Audible, which I did. It was great. But outside of that, that's what I've been doing this week. So, Big Josh Boy, let's head over to IGN for our first main news story. This, written by Jared Moore, is... Ollie, Ollie, blah. I knew I was going to fuck up too. That's why I was like, I'm going to take a second. I'm going to like center myself.
0: Yeah, you were like, and you I'm just you were gonna like I'll get up. through a whole episode where the only one who screwed up was Josh.
1: Dude, I screwed up literally like two seconds after you fucking did that. <laughs> <laughs> It was so quick. It's just, it's inevitable at this point, but Ali Ali studio roll seven bought by private division. It's kind of both of the big stories we're going to talk about today are just indie game developers, either being purchased or invested in by large companies. It's, it's weird. There's not like a gigantic amount of like indie game news this week, but also it's, it's becoming a trend. Of course, I do feel like there is always this like constant churn of indie games entering or indie studios and games entering the industry. So it's like how
0: the three leave, but 20 start. So it's like, yeah, mm, for sure. Yeah. And plus we, I already mentioned the biggest news story of this week was Gunfire getting that 1.0 release yeah dude I mean there's you nothing else to talk about at it. this point you play point.
1: fucking turtle what are, what
0: are yeah. we even doing right now why are we recording this podcast I dude I know we gotta go I play, play you wanna play
1: Gunfire play fucking
0: turtle it's fucking turtle <laughs> let's do <laughs> I it I could be a turtle you you're, you could be a turtle you're telling me I could be a turtle <laughs> you, you could be whatever you want baby so Uh,
1: This goes to say a private division, the publisher, uh, the publishing subsidiary of Take-Two Interactive has acquired Ali Ali series developer Roll7. As reported by MCV UK, the publishing label purchased the London-based developer for an undisclosed sum. I always hate that they say an undisclosed sum. Because it's like, no one tells you. Like, it's very few and far between where they actually tell you. They're acting like the undisclosed sum is like, oh, this is the outlier, but anytime anyone's purchased, Mm -hmm. we make sure it's known. It's like, no. Like, the Bethesda deal was the only time that I've ever seen anybody be like, bro, we bought some crazy shit. Like, just outwardly. And that's because it was a shitload of money. Like, it was absurd. And I think, like, maybe PlayStation's uh, acquisition of Insomniac, like, maybe that's the other time, but pretty much never do people, are people like, yeah, we spent hella cash, we dropped hella cash on this fucking, (laughs) on this studio, especially not for indie games. So I do find the undisclosed
0: sum weird. Although, I wish, I wish we did know that, though, because, like, what is the, you know, if you are an indie studio, and granted... The idea of an indie game selling to another, like a publishing studio or selling to another bigger development team is kind of uh, the other way of what you think of for the indie dream, right? <laughs> but eventually some indie dreams become like, we're big enough, we don't want to do this anymore, and then you sell it away, right? So what is that level? What's the acceptable level, right? What a It's one of those transparency things where, you know, if I have a company... I want to know what Roll 7 got so I know I'm not getting ripped off. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, so
1: I believe, yeah, Roll 7 is currently working on its latest installment of the Ali Ali series, Ali Ali World, which is set to be published by Private Division this winter. In a statement, Executive Vice President and Head of Private Division, Michael were rose maybe i don't know or michelle maybe that's michael maybe that's michelle i don't know i spoke positively about the i would love for them to be like they fucking suck but we dropped cash you know they <laughs> i i don't know if anyone's ever just we talked bought this magic. studio
0: so that they wouldn't do any more games yeah because we fucking hate we them. bought them like, just to put them out of business
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: no one we is going to do all that. of them
1: <laughs> i don't know maybe somebody might like maybe fucking uh microsoft's next act with acquisition is going to be like fucking activision blizzard just so they can shut them down they're like we're we're kind of sick of your shit like let's just yeah, yeah, yeah. let's Enough. just fucking Enough. roll that back <laughs> like, you just you're done take take a breath you know what stop get some help yeah there you go. Give us some help. <laughs> uh, they spoke positively about the publisher's relationship with the BAFTA award winning studio uh, we're thrilled to welcome roll 7 to the private division family said war rose what worries uh, I don't know as a team passionate about action sports ourselves seeing how roll 7 combines the thrill of competition with the zen of achieving flow state in a video game is remarkable and we can't wait to show the world this phenomenon with our release of Ali Ali world this winter um and then goes on to say following world seven's acquisition as part of the private division label studios co-ceo simon bennett spoke fondly about their work relations (laughs) about their work together so far private division has been an incredible publishing partner for Ali Ali world and we're Elated to continue to grow. Mm. That's a, I don't know that word, but that seems like a dope word right there. People need to worry. Elated? elated? elated yeah. more often. You know? Yeah. It's like titillated. You never hear anybody use that word. What, is, what does that That's even true. mean? You know? I've heard the word elated. Nobody knows. But I have never known what it meant. So there you go. It's like excited, isn't it? Like really, like static. Why, ecstatic? why, why are you fucking
0: ask me? How did I literally just told you. I don't know what it means. Pretty sure, pretty sure, let's see. Let's Google, related. <laughs> e- ecstatically happy, yeah. See? Big Josh, he's a fucking genius. I bro. fucking know, he's I just like, consider a bit. He's got bro, the fucking- I'm a, I'm a walking fucking dictionary.
1: He's got the looks, he's got the brains, Big Josh boy. How have you not taken all over the, the world, bro?
0: Because I'm too short. <laughs> if I was if I was taller, bro, I would've had it all. I'm gonna be
1: honest, that's immediately what I thought, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, That's it's 100% true. I say that shit all the time. If I wasn't so short, bro, I would have been. Yeah, I would be president of the United States right now. You're like, it's not even legally allowed.
1: I'm not old enough, but I'd be president.
0: (laughs) Fuck. They'd be like, God damn. I'd vote for Big Josh Boy.
1: boy You know, I would do it. You would have to put specifically on your ballot, like Big Josh Boy. And everyone would be like, (laughs) you'd have so much name recognition. because it's like Donald Trump fucking like Hillary Clinton and then like Joe Exotic that that shit's out there like Joe Exotic running for president people people think about that name but then they see the biggest of average josh boys and they're like what this bitch put a Damn. sentence down for his name <laughs> hell
0: yeah i'm voting for that cat
1: you know yeah, they're you, into
0: you got to i mean i get it i get it i'm i'm making changes all right you are i uh, you know what you gotta,
1: you gotta work. You gotta, you write down your policy changes and stuff. And one day, we'll, we'll find a way to make you taller. Maybe stilts. Maybe you just have to wear stilts. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to live a lie. But you could be the president a of the lie? United yeah, States. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day, there is a surgery where they literally break your leg. So that they can, the bones will like rebuild themselves and that makes you taller. How but fun. But then I would just have long legs. Yeah, you like, know. Yeah. oh great, like, I
1: gained an inch and all it cost me was a, like a $100,000 and just searing pain.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a ridiculous, I was like, I was like, that's how, why is that even a thing? Yeah. I don't understand who goes through that. Why even go to a doctor,
1: bro? You could literally like just, from what I understand from crime movies. All you got to do, borrow money from the mob, don't pay them back. They, You get the money and they break your legs. And free surgery. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, they grow back, you're taller. You're like no no more Robert Downey Jr. on the set of Avengers with like fucking two feet high lifts. Bro, you tall That's as right. shit. That's right. There you go. I know. No, fucking, we're, we're just, you know, we're finding loopholes everywhere. We're we're figuring shit out yeah. here on IndiePod. What? But what are we talking uh, about? Private Division has empowered our amazing team. This is uh, Bennett said. Private Division has empowered our amazing team to raise the bar on our creative and scope. Yeah, creativity. I was like, creative what? Uh, creativity <laughs> and scope for Oli Oli World. Joining the label puts us in a great position to continue to grow and to set our rights. Besides, fuck me on achieving Dude, you're having a tough time. I'm Gary. always having a tough time. Our Oh my God. I blanked on the Boy. word ambition so hard. I was like <laughs> ah! <laughs> achieving our ambition to become preeminent global video game developers. All right. This I'm, I'm done with this news story. Big Josh boy. Yep. How are you feeling about one. like, we'll obviously talk about it again in just a second. You know what? Mm, for sure. Actually, do you have any special thoughts about this specific instance of people like uh, roll seven being purchased by private division? Have you played Ollie Ollie world? Are you excited or you, have you played the Ollie Ollie games? I've played, are you excited for
0: Ollie Ollie yeah. world? Possibly the future of the I'm, series. I've played the Olly, Olly games. games. Um, I thought they were fun. They weren't anything that are going to make me go like nuts for ali Olly, Olly Worlds. Um, but I, I did think it looks pretty cool, cool in the trailers that I've seen. Um, so it's not something that I'm like super excited for. But when it comes out, I'll definitely like check it out, especially if it's on something like Game Pass or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I think this is interesting because a publishing company... Owning it is, is like a different, like I don't know. It, it feels strange because when I think of a publishing company, it would be a company that is, you know, and, and granted, it's not like this never happens, but it would be a company that's helping other studios do, uh, you know, getting their games out there rather than owning the full thing um To be fair, but it seems like a lot of people
1: are trying to like seemingly diversify. So it's like for sure a lot of people were previously just indie game devs, and now they've gone into publishing, like Yacht Club or or Lily Yeah, that's what I was. And other stuff like maybe it's a very similar thing where they're like, we have both like we we published games, and now we're wanting to invest in games. Uh, very similar right. to like like Thunderful, how it just constantly
0: yeah. purchases mm-hmm. different things to then. Increases portfolio. So that's what I was thinking. And that's why it's like, it's not crazy. Like there's nothing here that's, you know, out of out of the ordinary. It is a little strange because it is a kind of the opposite of what we've been seeing yeah. uh, trending with the market. But as long as, you know, private division is doing what a publishing company needs to do and just helping them fund their development cycle and, and you know, how to to make the game better. Like, I don't see this as a big deal. I think that it is for, you know, lack of a better term, kind of an issue in the fact that you have that indie game dream of being perfectly on your own and being able to make all of your own decisions. And granted, there's probably going to be a little bit of that that's stifled here or yeah, but the problem is, um, or not the problem, but the the main thing here is that if they're not doing that and they're just kind of like getting out of their way, which it seems like in this. You know this. Yeah, uh, that's what it makes article. it seem like they're doing. Although you never know what's happening closed doors. But like, as as long as it's what this article is making it seem to be, I don't really see a problem with it. Um, Private Division is pretty good. They've they've had a couple of games that they've published that have been worthwhile. Um, they helped with Hades. They helped with Outer Worlds. Um, so there's some good games behind their belts. I don't know the level of involvement they really had though, because if you know if you want to get really fully into it i don't know a lot about uh, what a publishing company does like as far as the the not so obvious things um yeah you know what's super weird but- i was listening to the no clip
1: podcast the other day and danny odwyer was talking about how everyone is like how they'll ask about what Like developers and such do you want us to do docs on he's like people keep asking about devolver digital what are we going to do on devolver digital it's like you could talk about what a publisher fucking does because like i don't think anyone knows It's just like constantly, whenever we talk about these, like Devolver Digital specifically, they are a great curator of games, but I've constantly Mm -hmm. said that it annoys me that people think of games as devolver games and not as the developer. And it's like, how much exactly like how much involvement did Devolver have? So it's like, I want to
0: know about that side. What the fuck did they do? And because and because the the problem is that every publisher is going to be a little different. Like the amount of coordination or the amount of responsibilities that they put on their plate is going to be different for each contract for each company, just because they might need something different. We don't know how involved private division is going to be Whether it was, you know, before when they were just the publishing studio or now that it's actually their own studio and they're developing that game, like what really happens to roll seven after I don't think anything from Ali Ali world is going to be known because they're obviously not going to make a big change because then you would have an article that is quite like private division fucks shit up a little bit different on on the title but it would be something to that nature of changing what their game was because now they own it right yeah so i think i i think we're not going to hear anything from this until whatever roll seven does next whatever is after ollie ollie world like is private division going to be like that was great you guys did some cool skateboarding games it's time to do something different because then you know you might look at it and be like, did they want to do something different or did private division tell them no more skateboard games?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true. So just to really get into this conversation about purchases, acquisitions and such, let's move on to our next news story over on Twinfinite. Twin this one's written by Ed McGlone. I believe I'm not a sure. If I said your name wrong, I'm truly sorry. I'm just an idiot. Uh, this is Tencent acquires minority stake in ukulele developer Platonic. today. Developers did, de- but the developers of both ukulele games, Platonic, announced that they have sold a minority stake of shares to the tiny. T- what the. Chinese tech giant Tencent. Platonic will retain a full control over its IP and will use the investment to expand its teams, which includes its development and publishing businesses, uh, Platonic Friends, and to also improve its HQ and move additional uh yeah, move additional new locations is what it says, and then ends that with a comma. So that one's not my problem that's legit what it says moving on uh in an interview with gamesindustry.biz platonic managing the director gavin price expanded on the decision to make to team up with tencent uh price was quite blunt and open in the interview which gamesindustry.biz with gamesindustry.biz telling them that Tencent is offering money, resources, and expertise to play tonic when they need it. Uh, price also boiled it down and added, but ultimately, this is about more games from us. We want to do more games more often. And I feel like this is like this is really where it comes down to it's like unless you have this crazy indie hit that sells so many copies or Unless you're kind of like a solo developer who has, like, is is willing to possibly live below their means for an extended period of time, I feel like right. it. It just seems like a lot of indie game developers are hitting this wall where they're like, "We have teams, we have people that are banking on us succeeding," but at this point, like, not saying that they can't, but that they're mm-hmm. just looking for that financial stability. So they are teaming up with things or they are allowing purchases of minority shares like this uh, little bit with Tencent or like being purchased by a larger studio where more like it's, it's all about kind of that consistency. It's no longer you're part of like a volatile market where possibly your next game could be your last. If it doesn't sell well, instead you have a, I would say like a safety net of a corporation behind you so i totally understand why For that sure. would actually be like a a nice prospect to go forward even though it kind of goes against the like indie game mantra of like we can make whatever we want we don't have to worry about stakeholders or
0: mm-hmm.
1: like a uh, mm-hmm. big corporate entities telling us what we can and can't do we don't have to worry about cutting out like any reference to Uyghurs in our games, which I'm assuming if Ukulele ever decides to do anything about the Uyghur Muslims in China, the Tencent be like, oh, "Okay, we've been chill, but you need to quit. Like, you need to stop." That's so, but how do you feel about this one? Big Josh? Where I should also say uh, a funny thing that I said during our devolver digital acquisition one we were talking about PlayStation and I was like, it's not like 10 cent bought parts of them. They did. So mm. <laughs> I was like, I literally listened to like a podcast the next day
0: where they talked about it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So how are you feeling? Um, Look, I we've talked about this in in a number of episodes that like 10 cent is scary for a, a facet like multifaceted reasons because it's just they're they're too big they're too big too big um that being said i'd love to put a pin in that and discuss what you just mentioned which is people in in the indie game industry do not have a good time generally when it comes to finance like a lot of people don't think about it and how scary this market is (laughs) Think about how ukulele got started. The only reason it became a thing was because Kickstarter. Yeah. This whole company might not have even made it off the ground if people, random people from all over the world didn't give them money for them to do something, right? Like they're always looking for a way to get money. And they always have to find ways to be either, you know, resourceful in the fact of crowdfunding, in the fact of finding a publisher who will give them money by finding someone who will buy them and take them under their wing to help you know develop for them or in this case by selling you know shares of their stock so that tencent will give them money to create these games so i don't think that it's wrong on the the developer side to to do something like this like in no way like this is a business like a business has to be a business like as as crummy as it is because I love games, and I think that when you get very far into the business side of things, it can often ruin things, and that's just the way it is because, you know, people got to do what they got to do, but um, but that's the only way that they can actually survive. Like, they can't have a healthy lifestyle. They can't help afford for the, the the families and the individuals that are part of their team if they don't have this funding.
1: Yeah, now part of that point is like, and it's something we like often refer back to is literally a major I guess plot point in indie game. The movie was that like a two person team, team meet Tommy and Ed literally making super meat boy Tommy. Like he talks about, he he was like, I don't have any money. Like people ask me why I don't have a girlfriend. I can't go on dates because I have no money. He's I I have to eat like this incredibly low cost meal because I, that's all I can afford. And they even had like some small amount of financial backing from Microsoft. So it's obviously difficult. Like that's to your point. I, people don't think about this and think about how amazing indie game developers are for doing what they do is that they like, that i would seriously die from anxiety i'm not it's, even joking yeah. dude.
0: it's all it's all passion it's yeah the only thing carrying the torch it's for them because i've talked to so many i've done these indie devs uh indie dev interviews and almost all of them are very similar in the fact that when i talk to them about like you know the idea of money or the idea of like why you're doing it anyone will say like you better not be in it for the money yeah. that's not this is not the place to be for it yeah like, you're not gonna get rich like a lot of people think of these developers like someone like you know a toby fox or or uh uh, eric barone and the the amount of money that they might be making based on these games and like first off we don't know that they're making a ton of money even with all of the things that go into it but second those are so far few in between with how many games come out every day like there's so many people that that go into this and literally put their their life's work into something and then no one buys it yeah and then and then they're fucked right and so like why wouldn't you as a company want a little bit more stability but like it's when and granted i was on the other side of this even though like kind of ironically i don't want to buy anything from epic games and this is kind of what i'm upset at for this story is that this probably equates to eventually down the line ukulele coming to epic game store first whatever you know is the the ukulele 2 or whatever game they're working on because i'm sure that's what's going to happen the possible sure layer you know that's what you're looking for bro yeah yeah um but that being said like i totally get the response from developers like i'm not going to be mad at them for choosing to get more money yeah the, when like they i don't know the
1: like the hatred of what I would say is like a sellout culture, like the, I guess not sellout culture, but the the culture of hatred toward selling out is so dumb because it's like, if you love them so much, why wouldn't you want them to succeed in this amazing way? Like, why would you want them to be the starving artists for so long? Like you'd think you'd want the exact opposite. And sure, in some cases it is a detriment like some cases it can be fucked up, but it can also be fantastic. Like what we've heard of of different developers having been purchased by Microsoft, seemingly it has only worked out for the better so far. And and yeah, like that's obviously only one thing. Like Tencent could be different. A uh, private division could be different. Every like everyone is a unique instance, but People just need to get over the fact that they're like, oh, they were way better when they were small. And it's like, I get that. I do. But also, if you love them so much, just like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want them to succeed in a big way. Or at least to like, not have to literally eat ramen noodles every night
0: to survive. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I- the only yeah the only thing I can say from this takeaway is I don't like that it's 10 cent because I just I know how big they They're are. They spooky dude. Like, yeah dude I just don't like the monopoly effect that's happening with 10 cent from a gaming perspective like in the market but um you know good for for Platonic for wanting to expand and finding a way to do it.
1: Yeah and I I like Tencent is spooky and I, I made jokes about like Uyghur Muslims, but I really mean that they they actually have like there has been censorship due to uh, Tencent's involvement yeah, sure. or like people being scared to like release their games in China specifically or not being able to because of mentions like this. So it's yeah. just yeah, Tencent is a different beast. Thank you to Jacob right. McCourt for bringing that up before literally anyone yeah, else I yeah. heard say it. Like, even, even really big personalities. He was the first person I heard who was like, we should be scared about this. Like, it's this weird yeah. moment of consolidation that we should be freaked out about. But we've talked about this enough, so I think it is time for us to hop into News Cram.
0: Cram. Oh,
1: Big Josh Boy. He's coming. He's coming back with that cram. Last week I he
0: threw me off. I was like, Is he am I it's ever true. gonna
1: hear the beautiful voice of cram again? No,
0: no, no. <laughs> of course. We gotta get crammed. <sighs> it's it's a cram type of day. I'm glad you're back, Big Josh
1: Boy. I'm glad you're, you're, you you're back full force. Oh, so good. News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week in News Cram, we don't have any new quick news stories or new deals or quick steals, but of course, we've got a whole bunch of new stuff to talk about. Our first six items of new stuff come away with Nintendo Life where it supported that Action adventure game Mundon, I believe is how you'd say that. It's M-U-N-D-A-U-N. So like Mundon, kind of like mundane, but not like the mm-hmm. dawn, you know? Mm-hmm. You get it. Mm-hmm. Uh by Hidden Fields mm-hmm. is getting a physical release on the Nintendo Switch through Super Rare Games with pre going live on November 25th through, through Super Rare Games.com. I should add um not necessarily for this news story but anyone about Physical releases. If I say it is going like its pre-orders are through this place or like a like Nintendo Switch through Super Air Games, that means it can be purchased through their website as well. So I don't have to specifically say that every time because that would just be annoying. But uh that point and click adventure game Unreal Life by Hako Life and Hako I wasn't 100% sure on this it says like there's several different like characters behind the Hako part I was like I don't know how to read that so whatever uh is headed on? to the Nintendo eShop specifically in Europe on de- December 3rd oh my god i got the hiccups
0: uh oh he's not going to make it folks I got to do that breath thing. You got to dig it in. I know. You got to suck it all in. Come <sighs> on. <Ooh. sighs>
1: got to let out that big breath. Okay. That strategy all game, right, good? Loop Hero by four quarters, is headed to the Nintendo Switch on December 9th. That side-scrolling shooter, Earth Atlantis by Pixel Perfects, is getting a physical release through VGNY Soft. I don't know how you'd say that other than the way I just did. I'm not even going to try. With Preuders going live sometime in Q1 of 2022, that uh, Phonetopia, what? Fe- I'm going to say Phenotopia because I don't really know. Uh, Awakening, Cathedral, and Mighty Fight Federation are all getting physical releases through Premium Edition with pre live at the time of this recording and the point-and-click adventure game Detective D, The Silk Rose Murders by neck uh, What? napixo games uh is headed to the nintendo switch xbox one and xbox series x and s sometime in december of this year now over on twinfinite where it's reported that action rpg themesia by over yeah overborder studio is headed to all current gem platforms including PC via Steam, sometime next year that hand-drawn puzzle platformer unbound worlds apart by alien pixel studios is headed to all current and last gen platforms next year more specifically playstation platforms will see the title on february 9th while xbox will get it on february 11th that platformer human mm-hmm. fall flat by No Break Games uh, has released a new update on mobile platforms titled Laboratory, which adds a whole new level to the game. And lastly, that turn based RPG Ruined King, a League of Legends story by Airship Syndicate, is now available on all last gen platforms, including the Nintendo Switch and PC. So, Big Josh boy, b-oy The Big Josh b-oy. B-O-Y. The Big Josh Bjorn. That's exactly what I thought too. Oh, we're, just, mm-hmm. we're just the best team, mm-hmm. aren't we, Big Josh mm-hmm. Boy? So we've been I, blessed with I so many help. amazing indie game news stories that it's time for us to hop in to our next segment. This is God Bless the Crowd, of course. Big Josh Boy hops into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites, finds something awesome for us to talk about, it, and we do just so. This week we are headed over to Kickstarter to talk about a game called Swordsery. No, I did not say that incorrectly. It is literally swordsery, like a mash between the word sword and sorcery. So enjoy Mm -hmm. it. I did it, Mom. Are you proud of me yet? An action-packed sword-swinging roguelike. Nope, he's not. The the first part of this podcast easily outweighs any successes later down (laughs) the road.
0: Or, or very excited. No?
1: Here you go. Uh collect hundreds of spellbound blades to defeat and defeat what? To defeat an otherworldly <laughs> evil in this roguelike ARPG. The developers are I uh, Temple Door Games. They are trying to Their goal is $50,000. At the time of this recording, they have $27,774 with 537 backers and 24 days left to go. So, Big Josh Boy, how you feel about Swordsery? Oh, also, uh, to get it on the ground for it's 20 bucks to get a digital copy of the game. Big Josh Boy, take it away.
0: There you go. Okay, swords-ry. Um, this looks... Very similar to a couple games that have come out recently, but I think this one is really cool because it is uh the art style to it, very cutesy, very like artsy in a way, where it's like cell-shaded, but like kind of not at the same time. Um it it
1: reminds me of Hob this... if you ever like yeah, played that.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. The the combat. And the structure to this kind of reminds me of a game, oh, I can't remember, we actually talked about it on God Bless the Crowd a while back. It was one, I think it's called Dreamscaper, or Dreamscape, It the combat reminds me a lot of it. But the point about this, the game actually looks really cool because the whole thing is with any roguelike, you have to have you know the variability, the RNG, that randomness to it, right? And that is all within the uh, hundreds of swords that you have at your disposal. And each one of them have both, you know, the the more common, like, oh, I'm a sword that has fire, to swords that literally are putting enemies into boxes. Yeah, that that whole, that's your weird. whole swords thing. <laughs> yeah. There's one where you summon a bunch of columns and you can swing them at people and use them kind of like air hockey pucks. Um, I think that it has a good level of realism. But also that like wackiness that we just talked about to give it kind of that flair of, you know, it's it's a game that doesn't take itself too seriously, I think is what they're going for here. But they're trying to keep it on a a serious tone with this, this, you know, otherworldly entity, this evil that's raining upon the the town that you have to save. But also you've got box swords like why not? Right. (laughs)
1: But also a little bit of Metagill solid in there, like people
0: hiding in boxes involuntarily. You've literally got the Zoslayer, which is just a pizza cutter. <laughs> like hey, they not? got a pizza
1: cutter Man. in Bloodborne. Don't don't be fucking like the pizza cutter. People like the pizza cutter,
0: okay? All right. Don't be right, throwing shade right. at the pizza cutter. All right. But here's the thing: is like it's not just the swords, right? This is one of my my things when I first looked at it. I was kind of nervous because I was like, ah, this could probably get old and they they referenced enter the gungeon with the idea of all the different swords that they have and i was like that's cool but like there's also other elements to enter the gungeon like i don't want it to just be about the swords um and it's not they also have a number of things like in hades they mentioned where you can upgrade these swords to kind of change up the the style where you have special attacks it looks like on like that third swing for certain swords and some of them now there's one where when you do that like Buzzsaws will now shoot out everywhere because of just an upgrade that you've put into it. So it adds to having a little bit of variability in the way that you can have maybe the same sword in a run, but it could be a little bit different. There's also seemingly these types of potions and other pieces that they're putting into the game. Uh, I love the different enemies that they've shown so far um, and the terrain of just the way this world looks and the different hazards that you're kind of facing. I think I think this obviously it's it's very early on, right? They only have the the first level demo, which you can't play if you're interested. But I think they've got a uh, really good structure to this game. You know, the, the actual bare bones of what's shown here is very promising. And my one concern with this is how um, how the game will kind of keep my attention throughout however many dungeons or levels there are in this. I'm not really too sure I'd have to actually play this. Um, but I think the the main structure and the main setup that they have is really good for potentially a, you know B to A to S tier roguelike
1: yeah one thing that i think is cool about this is like the variety of like different types of gameplay within the swords so not necessarily yep. that it's like oh this is a lightning sword and this sword puts people in boxes not not necessarily that but also that each sword also has classes they say like the mm-hmm, short sword mm-hmm. the katana titan sword and dual swords so not only are there these four different types of swords that you can get that each have their own play style but then you add on these like different swords that even play off those where it's like they yep. have a uh earlier in the kickstarter they have skybreaker which is not only just a katana but it is like a lightning infused katana which really channels that so you're like fucking Zenitsu from demon slayer you're just charging all around the battlefield doing some crazy ass shit i think that that's really cool and adds that little bit of extra variation one thing that I think is hilarious that I have not... I, I feel like maybe it just hasn't happened a lot recently. Something I used to talk about quite a bit, and God bless the crowd, is this thing where a lot of developers will speak about their game by talking about other games. So it's yep. its kind of like how every card game before literally said Slay the Spire" 25 times in their trailer. This does yep. a very similar thing where they're just like... Yep. We want to make a rogue like like Hades. We want to make a uh, more deliberate combat system. So uh, we didn't want to make Hackett slash. So it's like Dark Souls. It's like basically these massive I mean, buzzwords. Using the
0: SEO term. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's that's, it's that's obviously on
1: purpose. I totally get why they're doing it, and for some reason, it's like maybe I just haven't noticed it recently. But I feel yeah, no. like we yeah. just people haven't been I doing mean,
0: it a shitload lately. I'm sure it really stems from the fact of who these two guys are because they were both people who worked in the AAA studio like team working on like God of War and things like that. So I'm sure they have this mindset that's been barreled into them that they probably think that, you know, uh, an IGN or a GameSpot or whoever is going to write that up and they're going to hear those terms and be like upcoming potential souls like roguelike type like enter the gungeon ball or just fucking all the keywords that you need and then put in their name and be like this is the new article cuz it's going to get traffic. Oh like, yeah. That's what they do. It definitely yeah. will. It's like just- they uh,
1: they seem to understand how to succeed like they get it. And yeah. <laughs> they're like, we'll use these buzzwords and it's going to get people. But that was just like yeah. a weird aside where I was like, I don't think I've heard people doing this a lot recently. The game itself yeah. looks really cool. I like a lot of the different particle effects. I I think it looks like really mm-hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Like the the magic we've seen used, these different abilities like with different flames, water, lightning. I think it looks cool. Like you said the variations yeah. of swords where it's like not only cool but goofy with the like the box sword basically i think the game looks really interesting 20 dollars, i don't think is a crazy ask for this the uh, like i don't think so either i'm into this the only reason that i might not back it is because i literally just backed another game like two weeks ago (laughs) it's it's kickstarter just ended like i think earlier this week and Uh, they charged me like 20 bucks so i was
0: like gotta jump on the next one man you know (laughs) yeah one a month time to go kickstarter crazy i've backed like six different games on kickstarter it's not a single one has come out yet so (laughs) i've backed i've backed a number of kickstarter games and i'm gonna be honest as much as i love kickstarter i think a lot of the ones that i've gotten have been flops yeah in my mind Cause I had I had stuff like the the Rainbow Billy, which yeah. totally got changed, and I was like, "This game is not good." And then there was Ukulele, and uh, that was not good. Did you give but Rainbow you know Billy what?
1: a chance? Cause didn't it come out recently? Like I did, and I months? did not like it. Oh, okay. did not talk about. All
0: right, it. I was not a fan. I thought it was pretty boring. You got to
1: appreciate Big Josh Boy when he doesn't like a game, he tries to just like keep
0: it quiet, and I'm like, I'm gonna shit on this bitch. Look, cause here's the thing: like I get. That sometimes you should talk negatively about games in the, constec- the context of like constructive criticism and say this is why you don't like something so that people will have a better opinion or not an opinion, but like uh, a more a better understanding. Knowledgeable, yeah, like a, a better knowledge on should I buy this or should I not? But also... Sometimes I just play a game and I'm like, this is not fucking for me. And if I try to explain that, it's gonna just come off as like game sucks. <laughs> it's and gonna I don't come wanna do off this. Like, I don't like the pickaxe animations. This game. I don't yeah, see. <laughs> it just it's just some games are for people and some games are not. Yeah. I get um, it, dude. But that being said, I think this is a game for uh for for a lot of people. I think a lot of people can enjoy this one. I'm I'm actually really thinking about it. I I just saw because I was thinking about this and I, I was scrolling through, because there's a part where they say they have these checkpoints. And I was like, is that meaning like a, a hub world after you die and you go back to and start again? But there is an amount of um accessibility in this where if you fail, you seemingly can come back to these spawn stones, these checkpoints, but you have to give up like sacrifice one of the swords that you have, which I think is a cool like trade-off of being like all right, I'll, I I died, but I still want to continue this run, but I have to give up potentially a good sword that I liked. Like I think that's a good uh way to say like, you know, a lot of people one of their big things about roguelikes and why they they're so turned off by it is cuz they're just really burned by the idea of losing all of that amount of progression and this is a good way of saying like hey you're still gonna get hit really hard because you're losing something that you liked but the game's not over
1: yeah which i think is great that is a good point yeah yeah definitely so big josh boy i've pretty much talked about what i wanted to with swordsery so is there any last little bits that you would like to get off before we hop in to our listener questions i think it's question time oh okay all right so Mr. Philip Renshaw, the one better writes in with 87 questions. I feel like this Ooh, is to get I back at me you. for not posting the question tweet at the right time.
0: But yeah, yeah Phil is sure, just like, sure. I got a hella inquiries, bro. Look, here's the thing. If we didn't have Phil, we'd, we'd have a lot less questions. That's, so I mean, it's no. a good
1: point. Also, Phil kind of backed always, up.
0: Didn't get any questions last week. Feels like I got a was, load of
1: questions. Just, you know, that's true. Weighing my balls down. I gotta pop them out.
0: So, gotta, why? Why we gotta go there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Phil writes it and asks, How many chickens would it take to kill a lion? Interesting. Lion, like female lion or male lion? Well, I guess like a, a lion and then it's like a lioness, but I don't know necessarily. I would assume you're talking about a male lion. And I would say, mm, I don't know. Not if many. You watch Lion King. Nala was much stronger than. Sima. Well, that's what I'm saying. So. Not many, because lionesses mm-hmm. are like the hunters. Fucking lions mm-hmm. are just sleeping, eating, and fucking. That's what they do. They're like, I only yeah. fight when like some dudes trying to get in on mine, and that's it. Yeah, they don't that's do shit. That's how I live my life too. There you go, big Josh. Big Josh, we're living the life, you know. So yeah, see, I got my mane right here. Yeah, my lion mane. It's looking good, dude. I lo- I'm you. I'm liking Thank it. You. How many chickens do you think it takes to kill a lion?
0: To kill a lion. Foo fuck.
1: They don't I, have a lot of like, like a pecking power in their Claws can't do much. So you really have to think about the, the operative word here is kill. They have to, like, it's not mortally wound. It's not piss off. Yeah. I feel like a hundred chickens easily. Well, like, well, like what's their motive though? You know, like they hungry, dude. Like, we starve the lion. Hungry. We oh, starve hundred chickens. Are they gonna fucking kill each other.
0: Okay. okay. I think them chickens or the chickens. The chickens end up killing themselves before the lion. <laughs> we open up
1: the gates. The lions just sitting there all emaciated. The chickens. There's one chicken sitting there, just a full belly of chicken. Yeah. Like we're like, did not think this through. Like we definitely just committed. Lion eats us. Yeah. Fucking forced cannibalism. He eats the fat chicken. He's like, can't move, dude. It's free, It's easy pickings. It just, walk. it's like mm-hmm. walk into my mouth.
0: <laughs> I think, I think we just determined that there's uh, no number of chickens that could kill a lion then. Cause they would just eat themselves. In this first.
1: specific scenario. I love the fact that like, if we put this episode out with that answer, Phil's going to be like, Oh Phil's my God. So why do you refuse to answer my questions? I'm going to go with at the, maybe 50 chickens. I think that's I think like a minimum 50, 50 really? chickens. It would take I a think it would one. have
0: to be more. I think it would be more.
1: Well, that's why I went with a hundred. Like, but like 50 yeah. angry chickens? Hell yeah, dude. Chickens <sighs> are dicks. They go right for your eyes. Like they'll go for its balls. They'll be up in that butthole. Like they'll be doing all sorts of fucked up shit to this lion. And this lion will just be like, ah wife, can you help me, please? Like it's just like rolling on the ground, dude. Dumbass shit. So I feel like 50 like chickens bats. at the very least.
0: I enjoy wild. that that's what you think a lion would sound like if they could talk
1: Yeah, dude, Mufasa in the Lion King sounds exactly like that <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. fight uh, it's me Mufasa
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> James Earl Jones think... really showed his range <laughs> in <laughs> the Lion King when he sounded exactly like Iago
0: from the fucking Aladdin that's how it works I think it would be 70 it would have to be like a whole chickens. block that can like cover him so that he can't like move chickens so he just can't like, cover you seen a chicken they're big dude i don't know I, I mean yeah but like they'd have to like really swarm him like everywhere it's like the rats in a plague tale you're like yes, i need exactly. to be able Exa- to stand exactly, on a platform of chickens
1: yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what i'm thinking of <laughs> okay all right you say 75 i say 50 bare minimum that's how many chickens it takes to kill a lion May, maybe sure. that differs like if it's a lioness bro ain't no amount of chickens i think could kill a lioness they fuck shit up. They got more talons on their back feet than lions do. That's just crazy, okay? If Logan has taught me anything, it's that like, I, I fucking, I love Hugh Jackman. And two, lionesses got more talons than lions do. So there you go. Uh, Phil also writes in and says, yeah. Josh, Vaughn had, w- this is in capitals, had to give you a nickname. What would you choose other than the biggest of average Josh boys, and I think it's hilarious that he almost leaves it open to like you, you he th- he seemingly thinks you choose the biggest of average Josh boys. <laughs> He's like, other than that, because if you had other a if, if yeah, you yeah, could yeah, yeah,
0: choose yeah, yeah. that, you would obviously choose it. Um, here's the thing. Josh is a nickname. <laughs> My name is Joshua. Gig up, Phil. It's <laughs> it's <a> little- <laughs> It's literally, I would have him just call me Josh. I don't know. I don't call him anything. I call him Vaughn. Bon. Why does he gotta, why does he gotta call me? I think, I, I think Big Josh Boy is much more acceptable than, than the, the Big Savage Josh, Josh Boy. When you shorten it and you're like Big Josh Boy, I'm like, all right, I, I'm okay with it. Dude, people gotta know you're packing, okay? It's like, I'm just Bro. praising
1: you. Every time I say it, it's glowing recommendations toward the biggest Big Josh Boys.
0: That's what you do. and there are some people I, that I, definitely
1: don't understand that that's a dick joke and i find it hilarious
0: yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was interesting who did we say it to? i think we said it to juno and they were like oh i don't find it as interesting now <laughs> they're like
1: we're not into it as much uh, probably like, oh, yeah it's like yeah. the second you understand the origins of something it's far less interesting but like yeah. it's the mystery that you find
0: intriguing oh of course of course like why is he the biggest like what yeah, what's the big biggest
1: customer. about it? is it, he seven feet tall
0: is he like is nope. he in danger nope, of collapsing within on himself real short i don't know man i don't i don't do nicknames uh, i never have I've just had people call me josh a lot of people call me joshy but i don't want that from you <laughs> come on joshy come on <laughs> joshy yeah my family joshy. calls me Vonnie. Like,
1: my, my mom and dad do. My brother never that does. That seems like a stretch. I don't know. It's like I've never really had, a like, a nickname. Like, fucking Chase calls me a myriad of different names. Like, he'll call me Juan. He'll call me, like, Juan Carlo. Like, he really goes for Juan. Just anything that roughly sounds like Juan. He'll say Van. Like, it's a V-O-N. Mm. Like, there's a lot of shit he calls me. Yeah. I honestly... It's probably like one out of 25 times I hear my name come out of his mouth. That's actually
0: my name. Actually your name? Yeah. yeah the only thing I have is Josh, the George or Joshy. Really? Okay. That's all I got. All right,
1: there you go. They and also, there's you. Yeah. The biggest surprise is Josh Boys, you're like, if this, if anyone outside of this podcast calls me that I will kill them. No one, <laughs> no one calls me that. No one calls me that. Not Dude. a single soul. Fucking, just wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Flora hooked, and she's gonna be like, pick Josh, boy, <laughs> bro. I would, I would let immediate, soft. Yeah, you just like, you just I gave me a direction. I'm done. I'm out. I will be like, okay, well, that's enough. <laughs> like, this marriage is over. Goodbye. Uh, Bill also writes it. It says, Vaughn, I have forgiven you for Sable. You can still kiss me on the mouth. That was easily the funniest Ooh. part of that Sable book club was like yeah, him being dude. like, fuck you. You can still kiss me on the mouth, but you have to earn it. <laughs> uh, what is the worst game you've ever spent at least half an hour in? This is actually kind of hard to answer because it's like, however negative I have been about games in the past, I just, I don't know. Damn, Big job but he playing with them colors. He's trying to find that good, uh, that good little color correction. <laughs>
0: Here's, here's the thing it, it, for people who are listening, obviously you don't understand this, but my computer, since we changed when we record, we're going later into the evening and my computer has like a nightlight setting. So it tries to make it so it's not as bright on your eyes. So the, because I use my computer as literally my backlight uh, or key light, it just makes me uh, look sunburned. So I was trying <laughs> to change that. But now it's real fucking bright. Yeah. Now it's like just a true
1: white light. Like that's. That's the shit, like, that's my kitchen shit, with them daylight lights.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: It's crazy. Um, that's why. I honestly don't know. It's like, if you would have asked me this, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I probably could give you an easy answer, but the worst game I've ever spent at least a half an hour in? Oh. You know, oh, you know what? Here's the thing. I might actually like this game overall. But I would say the probably one of the worst experiences I've ever had with a video game, the most bored I've ever been and forced myself to play this game for upwards of 30 hours to get to the fun stuff is DC Universe Online. Easily the most fucking boring onboarding of any MMO I have ever played in my entire fucking life. It is so boring. It's absurd. I hate it. But the game itself, after you get past that, after you get past level cap, you get into them raids and such. That shit's fine. Mm. But before that, it's literally the worst experience I've ever had in a video game. I fucking hate it. So there you go. At least a half an hour, upwards of 30. Uh, they also write in and say, mm. what do your partners think of the show? Do they listen to it? Do they shake their heads at the questions asked of you sometimes?
0: Do you share 100%. this
1: with your wife? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah,
0: I do. My wife, my wife does not really watch the show. I've shown her parts of it. Um, she always seems very like supportive. She's like, oh, that's funny or whatever. Um, but she's not gonna watch it. The the weirdest moment I've had is a friend of mine. This isn't my partner, but the weirdest moment I've had from like real world people is someone, a buddy of mine, uh was just doing so like watching something with his wife and they were watching YouTube on their TV. And one of the recommendations came up of our episode. So he just spent like 30 minutes watching one of ours and sent me a text message. And I was like, what are you doing? It is the weirdest. This is going to be a weird tangent, but it is the weirdest thing. And it's very much indicative of my personality of how I'm like, anyone in my life should not be a part of this life. (laughs) Not because I'm like embarrassed of it, but because I just feel like it's not worth their time because i'm just like stop doing this like don't watch this. You're like you're the just wasting th- like i'm the- <laughs> i'm like the worst promoter when it comes to my own things anytime i see that i'm always like uh what are you doing stop it stop watching my stuff like, turn it, it off so what strange. are you tr- what are you trying to do off. get inflate my ego you're just trying to
1: <laughs> trying to make us successful
0: you bitch i mean but also there's Some weird topics on this show, it's true. Uh, yeah, uh, I gotta say, but then again, I, I, I mean, d- it's not
1: surprising that you don't want people to listen to the show. I get it,
0: yeah. <laughs> Although, it's more that I don't want a presence that other people outside of my normal circle can see. You're just so that terrified sense. that anybody's gonna call you the biggest of average Josh Boys. You just you're I know, so that's what I'm, I'm like, I'm like, please don't, please don't. <laughs> I'm waiting. My boss one day is gonna come in and be like, biggest of average Josh Boys. And I'm gonna be like, I quit <laughs> the second you hear him like big, and you're just like out the door. You're like done. And you're like I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, I know we just spent a lot of time on that documentary together. We really bonded, but like I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Pe- peace out.
1: This is this is stupid.
0: As far as uh, do they shake their head at the questions asked, I love one of my favorite things to do is before the episode, I will read those questions to her and sometimes be like, what's my answer? Because sometimes she'll have an opinion and like she's already, she already knows Phil where she'll be like, anytime it's something weird, she'll be like, is it the Australian guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely think that that's going to like, that's going to cheer Philip. If he's having
1: a bad day, he'll be like, I'm known in some social circles as being the weird guy. Like the one who sends in weird questions. I appreciate it. Uh,
0: I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. He's, he's got some great questions, but they are often strange. I mean, he's good at I've it. i never really had to think about how many chickens it would take to kill a lion, but I had to now. I, yeah, he's got a talent, if anything no it's maybe true. a curse
1: maybe a blessing nobody knows we we haven't found oh, nice. out yet for me um no i don't really like i don't go out of my way to to share it with morgan i don't really bring it up all that often other than like being uh saying that like oh i've got to record something with josh something like that um no she does not listen to it whatever i put out like it it's just not her jam. Morgan and I are actually very different people. Uh mm. we don't have similar hobbies for the most part. Like we are very much like an opposites attract kind of a couple. Like she doesn't play are you games. You ever worried about that? No, not even a little bit. Yeah. I I don't I don't mind because we are both willing to actually like participate um gotcha. in
0: Yeah, just not your norm though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it's Yeah. I'll I'll talk about like her favorite vloggers, like random vlog or something like that. And she'll listen to me talk about indie games or the fact that I just made a video about a fucking spider anime. Like it's, I'm, it's never really, it's never really been something I was worried about. Honestly, that's good. Especially because there's so much I love about her outside of that. I'm like, if she played games, that would be cool. But if anything, that actually might be annoying. like,
0: Maybe it's your own. She'd be better at them than I am. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. (laughs) I don't doubt it. I bet, I bet Morgan would fucking wipe the floor with you. If she could figure out how to use a Dual Shock, dude, she'd fucking obliterate
1: me in any game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's why I gotta keep. You gotta keep them down. You gotta make sure they're never better than you. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: So Dennis writes in and says, "Is there anything in life that you're unreasonably uh, superstitious about?" Big Josh boy, this is like, I actually, I'm not even joking. I had to look up like the definition of superstitious mostly because it's like, I don't really have like an explanation or any sort of like real touchstone to this because that that's how far I am from this. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe in like fate or in any any kind of like, i guess ties to supernatural shit like i believe in ghosts and that's not like i don't think that's like a superstition i just believe kind of like in in consciousness as a corporeal form not that i believe in like a fucking like a person and like the typical ghost um superstition no yeah, I'm not worried about black cats. I'm not worried about ladders. I don't do the salt over the shoulder. Every time it happens in a show, I'm like, what the fuck is that all about? I don't do the knock on wood. If I ever do it, it's more for a joke than it is for anything. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I always do the knock on wood and then I hit my crotch.
1: Ah, that's a good one. That's it, that's a good one. You gotta go in there, V.
0: Josh So are you superstitious really in any way? No, not really. I and I I wonder if Dennis meant like in in the more uh, you know, superstition, uh, from a, uh, supernatural way or the more what I think people would sometimes think about this with superstition, which is more like a, just a something you have to do kind of like an OCD type tick of like, I've got to do this because blah, blah, blah. Cause I just feel like I have to. Right. Um, because when I saw this, I thought of the normal, you know, like I had to look it up because I wanted to see some of the common ones of, you know, the the black cat, the under the ladder thing of just things that you don't do because something might happen. Right. Oh, I've um, got a hell of those. So, many. yeah. And so that's that's what I was I was thinking about at first. But as far as like a, a supernatural type of superstitious way, like the the basic definition. No, there's nothing like I really care enough about. To, to do the only thing that i specifically do from like more of that ocd type style of like i just have to do it would definitely be locking the door like clicking the the little weep weep on your car several times if you have one yeah i have to i constantly do it I, it has to be at least twice and then sometimes if it's been too long and i did something else i have to press it again and my wife will get mad at me and i'll be like i gotta do it yeah you gotta make sure yeah. dude yeah, you gotta you gotta lock
1: that door. I mean, if we're going for that shit, bro, you best believe I've got a lot of like every literally every time before I get in my car, check all the tires, make sure none of them are flat. I'm terrified really? of flat tires. Yeah, it's so terrified of flat tires. Every time I actually get in my car, look in the back seat. No matter what, like could be the coldest day, could be the hottest day. Literally doesn't matter. I could have a fat turd in my back seat. I will look in that back seat. <laughs> Like, I'll subject myself to anything. I'm that terrified of something. Somebody, like, garroting me from the backseat. Standing next to things that I can't see underneath. No, it used to be, like, I used to have an issue with counters, so I would stand further away, but, like, I can't stand right next to my bed. It freaks me out. Ever since the Supernatural episode where the ghoul gets her from under the bed and drags her into a fucking, like event and kills her i don't don't fuck around with not seeing under shit i don't play that game okay like it's gotta be like i gotta be able to clearly see what is underneath every object just what happens i gotcha um i don't know yeah i mean i've got a whole bunch of stuff it would definitely just depend on the situation like for sure yeah definitely car stuff though got a lot of got a lot of car stuff So there you go. Uh, I guess if that's what you meant by unreasonably superstitious, bro, you best believe I'm checking that backseat. So they also write in and say, Vaughn, what would be your sales pitch for Moonlighter if you had to direct it at someone with a mild Hades addiction, AKA me? Here's the thing. So you wrote this in and my immediate thought was that this is not a great way to go into Moonlighter. So if you really, really love Hades and you're wanting something similar to it, I would not take that mindset and be like, oh, Moonlighter, probably going to be the game for me because they're so different in so many ways that like, hey, I love Moonlighter. But I would say that like however much I enjoy it, I think if you break it down where you've got like story, you've got gameplay, you've got repeatability, Hades wins in every way. I think Hades is comparatively a better game than Moonlighter. Uh, Moonlighter doesn't really have this really coherent story, doesn't have these like really complex characters like Hades does with these gods. It doesn't have like the... I guess malleability of these dungeons, like when it comes to your combat and gameplay systems, you only have a couple of different items or a couple of different weapons and they all work roughly the same way. You hit stuff like, sure, faster or slower from a distance from up close, but for the most part, whether you choose the standard attack or the like enchanted line of items, it's the same. Uh, versus Hades has the different power-ups, the different weapons. You could do like 20 runs and none of them be alike with the exception of having to beat those same bosses. That Mm. would be the, like, repeated bosses would be the only thing that I would say is similar to Moonlighter. The one thing I do think that Moonlighter has that kind of leg up is I do really like the shop system. I think that is really fun carrying all of those items and actually having to manage your limited inventory space uh, to then like prioritize the things that are going to make you the most money and also how you're going to make these new pieces of gear. I think that's really fun. It's it's a nice little bit of management sim. It's, it's cute. It's fun. I love the art style for Moonlighter. I love me them slimes. But if you are wanting something that's like Hades and you're going to go into Moonlighter, you're not gonna be impressed. I don't think like in that mindset. I don't think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I would play something else. I like if if you're wanting like something Children a lot. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Children of Morta, yep. way better. I don't think it's its combat system is as complex as Hades is, no, no. especially because Hades has all those like different combos that you can do, but it has that. I would say like a more cohesive storyline. Moonlighter has Mm -hmm. like, you can basically catch up with this random ass hermit that's running through the dungeons and you can try to find out what's happening in the dungeons and what's up with this creepy like slime ghost that kills you if you stay too long. Like it is interesting and intriguing, but it is nowhere near Hades level of storytelling. I can't, I haven't finished Children of Morda yet, from what I've played. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if It's tough. Yeah, it, it is tough. I don't know if I'd put like its gameplay and storytelling on par with Hades, but it's way, way closer than Moonlighter. Like mm-hmm. leagues above Moonlighters, even though I love yep. it. Not saying that Moonlighter is a bad game, just saying It's just a different type. Yeah. If you're looking for something like Hades. Don't go into Moonlighter like that. So you're looking for a sales pitch. I'm giving you a disclaimer. Like it's (laughs) two, they're two very different games. So like maybe even try a palate cleanser, play something like Dandy Ace, play something like Children of Morda. And then if you want, like after you have those experiences that have kind of like, I guess dumbed down your expectations, which sounds bad but at least like kind of taking you out of that mindset of something being like Hades, then check out Moonlighter. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a really like rewarding experience, but it is nowhere near on Hades level. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. big Joshua, how how are you feeling about this? Do you think that like the two could be compared
0: that it's a good idea to go from one to the other? I mean, I think they can obviously be compared because there's elements that match up, but like, I do agree that going from Hades to Moonlighter, and this has nothing to say about Moonlighter being a bad game, but they are very different in a lot of aspects as well. And if you're looking for the same type of like, combat and the same type of you fail but then get another piece of story and there's constantly that element like that's why i recommend Children of Morta cuz i think it has the closest thing it it did that element before Hades did of even if you fail a run you still feel like there is progression outside Moonlighter of, is not of, like that at all <laughs> not at all right and like it depends on what you're looking for cuz if you're just looking for a good type of roguelike game like Moonlighter is still a good game oh yeah but The combat is very different the the story is very different the uh level of accessibility is very different um but i i I would say like you know there's obviously something that is 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 catching dennis's attention from a perspective of like why would they want to even be sold on it at all so if you are seriously into it and want to give it a try i would say go for it but just Level your expectations.
1: Yeah, that that was my biggest thing about reading this was I was like, I really, really love Moonlighter, but I wouldn't want to convince somebody that it is anywhere near Hades. Like I, I wouldn't want to give you that expectation because you'd go into it and I don't think you'd like Moonlighter if you were thinking that it was going to be anywhere and in any way similar, I guess. Um, But it is still a really, really fun game. That's why I was like, like Big Joshua said either kind of manage those expectations while going into it or play those palate cleansers. Like I really love children of Morda. I think it's a lot of fun. Like I, I probably played through half the game. I still want to get back to it because I very much enjoyed it, but yeah, just the hop from Hades to Moonlighter. Very, very different. Uh, even though they have like vague similarities, like the, the biggest thing would be like Hades is, reward with storytelling when you die moonlighter is basic when you die it's a punishment like they punish you for dying not that it's like dark souls 2 where you lose your overall health cap because you're hollowing it's not like that you just lose everything that you worked for that isn't on your immediate person anything within your backpack is immediately dropped so it's like that's where it comes in with that management of your your storage spaces if you have certain things that like You know you need this item to create your next sword tier or to create your next weapon or to enchant your gear. You have to make sure you put those really, really worthwhile items on that top bar. Anything below that, you die, you're effed. Granted, you can actually teleport out in the middle of a boss fight. Like, as long as you have the money, you can. there's always a safety net of just teleporting out. It just takes a second. So if you're like literally about to die, you're probably going to die by the time. It works. So I think it's really fun. It's a great game. I just wouldn't want you to go into it expecting anything like Hades because I don't think you'd like the experience. And and I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to do that to Moonlighter because I I love that shit. Okay, so. That is the end of this episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you'd like to chat with us outside of IndiePod, be sure, or at least the podcast specifically, be sure to hit us up at IndiePod over on Twitter. You can follow me, Vaughn, at Legion. You can follow Josh at the underscore Josh90. And, of course, we got to go through our housekeeping one more time before we hop off here. I... Please check out our developer interview going live on November twenty fourth. That is a Wednesday. You know, like how to give you a little touchstone as to what Wednesday is. Uh, think about August. How it's all just the one day. You know, uh, that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like now, or you know, in a couple of days from now. That's that's when our developer interviews go live. So I feel like I just had to explain that to you. Uh, so <laughs> no, way too much. <laughs> Way too much. (laughs) This is with Chad and Chris of BitRot. They're talking about their game, Recursive Ruin. After after you're done checking that out, you're already on that browser, why not hop over to Teespring, pick up a hoodie, pick up a t-shirt, a sticker, whatever. I check out our YouTube channel. It's just IndiePod over on YouTube. You can watch these episodes, leave us reviews on any site in which you can do so specifically. iTunes helps us out a lot. Easiest way to do that through the iTunes app itself. I I did it just on my Windows computer. It's way easier to do that, not through Apple music or anything. I don't even know how that works. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher. Once again, if you give us any amount of money or any amount of your time, we absolutely appreciate you and you are fantastic, but we got to thank these few people. So thank you so much to Ethan, a gamer for fun. John, assist John. We'll see Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Ranch, other one better, both of Australia, Juno, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much. You were all so amazing.
0: And we will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.